I do, everyone. I do. Dan Clarkson podcast. What are we going to talk about today? Talk about loads of things, can't we? We could talk about people paddling for 24 hours on the D to raise money for charity. But that's amazing, isn't it? D loops. You know, horseshoe weir down to town, back on the canal. Talk about that. That's happened this weekend. It's amazing that. We can talk about that. We could talk about people going out and exploring, about the questions you get on forums, you know. I'm going to Scarborough. Where's the best place to put on to paddle at the sea? Beach. But we could talk about the questions you get there. We could talk about people buying inappropriate boats at inappropriate prices. We could talk about people not really, not really buying the right kit, not knowing how to use the kit they've got. But we're not going to talk about any of that stuff because I probably covered it in a thousand podcasts. And to be honest, I'm tired of it. I thought I'd talk about Rishikesh. I love Rishikesh. Rishikesh, the banks of the Ganges, Mother Ganga in India. Laxman Jeweller, River Wright, sitting with a cup of chai on the roof of that cheap hotel, the river on the left, flowing silently at times, at other times there's laughs and giggles as rafters are plenty drift under the bridge. The monkeys sort of play on the bridge and steal people's popcorn and startle them as iPhones fall into the ganga. And I sit there and I drink my tea. And then it's calm again. To the left. A sadhu, all dreadlocked and ashen-faced, walks by. To the right, another sadhu, a holy pilgrim, is washing himself in an eddy and drying his robes, robes for want of a better word, rags, next to his tiffin tin on the rocks. Just upstream, the Osho Ashram, Bhagwan's place of meditation and dance, still opens to tourists, nestled between the Osho Ashram and the last rapid of the section, is a Maggie stall on River Wright, next to a tiny little stream. Where as you descend Mother Ganga, you can pull over for Maggie Noodles. A hot treat that's probably carcinogenic and not very good for you. And a bottle of Mountain Dew that's been sitting in a bucket of water all day. But I'm sat on my roof of my hotel. Looking to my right, I know my gear's dry. It's a hot, hot day. As always in Rishikesh.
doesn't take me long to collect up my bounce head, helmet, spray deck and paddle. No need for a dry top. To walk down the hotel steps and pick up my boat. Before I walk through town, minding out for the rickshaws and the cows. Past the man who's dressed as Hanuman. The monkey god. He's got a tail in his ears and his face is bright red. He tries to give me a tea like he does every day. Then he asks for a donation for good luck and well wishes and prayer. He should know better by now because I'm a Yorkshireman and I don't give anything away for free. And I walk up that windy street. Past the dabber. The dabber that I'll be going to later for my evening meal. But on the way up the hill, I grab myself some popcorn, freshly fried, no, freshly popped, and walk up to the highway. It's only a few minutes' walk. Through narrow little streets with donkeys and people. Sometimes a motorbike who's decided that the footpath is probably the better way to go than the highway, than the road itself. They're often proven wrong, but I'm not the one to question it especially when I've got all the plastic on my shoulder. And then I sit. Sit on the highway and wait. Wait for a ride up to the top rapid of the Ganga. Or the top rapid that I want to paddle that day. And I'll get used to this over the years. You don't want to sit in the wide part of the road, which, you know, would be intuitive, wouldn't it, to sit where there's a bit of width. But if you don't, if you sit on the width, then cars will hurtle past you. You sit on the narrow bit, then they're going to slow down. At which point you can get eye contact with the driver and try and throw your boat on his bus or his truck. Every hitchhike I do up that highway, I'm reminded of previous hitchhikes, the time when I sat in the back of a brick lorry with my Scottish friend Colin as we went up for a paddle. We were probably using whiplashes or some old boat that we'd found in some stores covered in rat droppings and dirt split paddles joined in the centre with duct tape because we'd lost the push buttons it doesn't take long on that road to get a lift not long at all and you go up as high as you want sometimes I go to Marine Drive just because I like it up there, you know, you can walk down. What used to be a really nice sandy beach, but when the monsoon came one season, it took all the sand away. But I like it up there, and it's quiet. It's not really a tourist trap. There's not many people up there, so it's nice. And a little walk through the woods. I say woods. A handful of trees, really. Over the rocks, and you're on the Mother Ganga. Sometimes it's nice to paddle with friends. Sometimes it's nice to paddle solo. But on the Ganga, you're never really solo. Because I know enough people on the Ganga that if I time it right, then I can see friends that are safety kayaking for the raft trips that run daily. By daily, I mean hourly. And the river is relatively wide and it's pretty powerful. It's not that difficult. You know, sits in the mid-range of the grades. But the waves are tall and the holes are crashy. The boils on the eddy lines wide. 
just some really good fun surf to be had. There's hoops and hollers and whoops and wallers. If we're going to try and put words into the screams of the rafting companies as they flip on rapids, you know. One of my favourite rapids, for no obvious reason, is the wall. Where the whole river hits a cliff face and moves to the left. I want to call that Dead Man's Eddy, rather than the wall. But there's so many rivers in the Himalaya where the water pushes against these cliffs and moves to the left and moves to the right that you get confused. Because there's a similar one on the Suncozy. It just flows the opposite way. And if the rafts don't make the line properly, then they can't get out of the eddy on the wrong side. You know, it's, it's a bit of an effort. And it's the same on the Ganga, so... I enjoy that rapid because however often I paddle it, it still confuses me because it reminds me so much of previous rapids on previous rivers. But roller coaster rapid, well, that's unmistakably the Ganga. The horizon line, you know, you can hear that faint, faint thunder of rolling waves. And you can, when from the top of the rapid, after you crest the horizon, you can see. You can see a long way down this rapid. As it's just wave upon wave upon crashing wave. 10, 15 foot high. There's no holes. The waves are too quick for you to surf. So you stay in mid-flow. Up and down. Up and down. Like the prophets of P&O, I would imagine. With a little bit of speed and a little bit of skill, you could probably do some airborne wiki kicky taco California barrel rory thing, if that's the sort of thing you want to do. But me, I just like going up and down the waves. Every so often you can pull a stroke at the top and you get the thud of your hull as you come down the other side. And sometimes you just sit and you float up and down. River goes flat for a while. And there's monkeys in the trees. The highway high on river right doesn't intrude on the experience of Mother Ganga. And before too long, there's another rapid. With its huge waves and stories of people swimming. Waves you could surf if you were on point with your paddling. Not the sort of wave that you can peel out of an eddy and surf, but the ones you drop onto and bounce around, you know, like some flotsam. But soon enough, all the madness and maelstrom of the, you know, wide and powerful Mother Ganga disappears. And we're back to the Osho Ashram and the Maggie Shop. If you time it right, the bell doesn't ring for the call to prayer. Echo down the river. As the sun fades and night falls, as the moon comes. Candles litter Mother Ganga. 
floating ever onwards through the heart of India. But for me, that's my time, it's enough. I take out at the beach where that sadhu was washing himself. Back to the cheap hotel. Leave my boat in the foyer. Put my gear back on the line on the roof. Change my shorts for a dry pair and a clean t-shirt. Walk out into the heat again. Pass the man dressed as Hanuman again. And he tries yet again to give me the tikka. <laughs> and I tell him to go away yet again. And we laugh at the shared joke that happens daily. I walk slowly up the street, past the cow that's still there, chewing on the cardboard in the gutter. He's eating all the leaves of the cauliflower and leftover vegetables and he's now on the cardboard. He seems content enough. And the dabbers open. The restaurant for the cafe. Restaurant makes it sound exotic. It's a place that sells food and it's very basic, open plan. There's a handful of guys sweating over pots of dal and gobi aloo. There's a guy in a dirty white vest taking money and shouting orders into the open plan kitchen. Tables of the trestle variety where families squeeze on and the lonesome traveller sits as close to the fan as possible, drinking the water from the jug. Now for me, the dish of the day, of any day in that restaurant, in that cafe, in that very, very Indian experience is the tali. A vegetarian tali with half rice, half chapati. But this is half rice of Rishikesh portions, and it's a full rice as far as I'm concerned. With three japatis and then a garlic naan. I have a plethora of dishes, and one always includes dal. There's nearly always a paneer, a sag paneer I'm hoping, but it could be mutter paneer. There'll be a curd. I devour the tarly. I always do. Rishikesh, I'm a two meal a day man. Paratha and boiled eggs for breakfast and a chai from the little man that sells it off the cart on the highway. I don't see him much after nine o'clock in the morning. So I make sure I get an early breakfast before I paddle or yoga or read. Now I don't eat until my tally time. It's one of my favourite times of day. As the towel is finished and put away, my hands washed in the sink by the door. It's a slow walk over the bridge and down river left. Just down to the bottom of town to Ramjula now. Into the forest to the Maharishi ashram where the beetles once stayed. 
the ashram that's been taken over again by the forest. Derelict, with a story to tell. Graffiti on the walls, frequented by a sadhu, who will charge you for entry if you're not clever enough and climb over the wall. He has no right to charge, but he believes it's his place. And it isn't. Belongs to nobody. I try and go there if I can. And if not, as the night gets cooler, I like to sit on the beach at Ramjula with those seeking enlightenment. The Westerners and Indians, those from Singapore or Thailand, Brits, Americans, Russians, Ukrainians, Kiwis and Aussies. There's always a handful on this beach. Some in quiet meditation. Some doing yoga. The waft of spices comes up river. There's no loud nightclub. There's no disco. There's no alcohol, meat. There's no pub. And as my eyes get tired and my body fatigues, knowing that it's had its full of both food and spiritual goodness, I walk back to the hotel. Sadhus, pilgrims, curled up on the beach in the white sheets, sleeping. Next to them, tiffin tins, perhaps a bamboo pole, nothing more. Slowly, slowly, back over the bridge at Ranjula, where the monkeys are still there, chattering away, stealing people's food, knocking phones into the river. I love these monkeys. I love sitting and watching them. How people freak out as the monkeys jump onto the shoulders. Now, they wouldn't jump onto your shoulder if you didn't have food or you didn't have your phone out. You know, if you walk with purpose over the bridge, you know, the bridge that's going to have cows on it and all sorts. It's not a very wide bridge and it rocks quite a lot. And some people get scared of it, but it is the only way to cross. And you've got to be determined. You can't be meek. If you're meek, you're never going to cross that bridge. Do it with purpose. I remember once, about a decade ago, there was a Scots guy sat on the wall near the bridge playing his bagpipes in his kilt. The world's a strange place. There's a little German bakery at the end of the bridge. They do cheese on toast for breakfast sometimes. They do Danish pastries and apple pie. It's a place that I had a meal in after a long drive across the Himalaya, across the high mountain passes in a broken old jeep. It's a place I met Moffat after his Enfield journey, the Thames Step. But today I walk past that place, and up the steps, past the ashram, and back to my hotel.
I can't wait to come up to Rishikesh to relive those memories, to relive that bridge, to go back to get Maggie on the river. Not that I will do because it's packed, but you could if you wanted to. You know, I quite enjoy, like I said, the two meal a day thing. It's cheaper that way. There's often a handful of scumbag paddlers that sleep on the beaches with the pilgrims. You see, and the difference is that they don't have sheets, they have thermal vests. <laughs> the airport's pretty close by, if you want to fly to De uh, Jolly Grant. Or you can get a taxi or a bus from Delhi. But that's for another podcast. I hope all adventure seekers are having a good week. I know some of us sit in contemplation knowing that our community is poorer now knowing that friends have been lost to the mountain and the river this podcast this one alone is not about that perhaps if I was in Rishikesh I'd sit and meditate a bit but I'm not Thank you all for listening. It's been a beautiful thing. Any questions, you know the drill. And as I've said before, podcasts only work because people donate because it costs me to host them. But I'm not going to go into it. Thank you all, gang. Have a lovely, lovely time. <laughs>